it it made me it made me nostalgic for a time and place one that I've never been to before <laughs> right but but two that also seems rather awful hey my name is Alon and I'm David and welcome to our podcast I finally watched where we talked about movies that at least one of us hasn't seen before and I finally watched Taxi Driver Taxi Driver stars Robert De Niro as Travis Bickle, who is a, a loner and um, what would probably be described today as, as an incel. Um, he's someone who has trouble with human interaction, and he also has um, sort of a hatred for the society he lives in, especially in New York City. Uh, he describes it, uh, the people around him as scum. Um, he's around a lot of prostitutes and, and Johns and people committing crimes and throughout the movie he gets more and more upset by this and kind of deteriorates more and more into madness um and he runs into some other characters uh that sort of help him along on this journey into madness oh i'm sorry are you talking to me oh get the oh my god are you so bad. are you Talking to me? <laughs> Did you no, just I'm sorry. do this just so you could do that? Yeah, pretty much. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I mean, it, it's it's a classic movie with with very like famous um, you know lines, and and I, I feel like so many movies of today and uh, past have taken the tropes and uh, parodied the dialogue that has come out of this movie. It's it's one of the great movies of uh, our time. Would would you say that? I would agree. I um I had never seen it before, and then watched it twice over the last couple of days. Um, and I think it's it's kind of a very you say simplistic story. Um, but at the same time, it involves, you know, I guess I don't want to get into the ending of it. It's a, it's a simple story, but it's it's kind of complex in the in the character development of Travis Bickle, played by De Niro. Um, and yeah, I think this is a movie that obviously a lot of you know, people that call themselves cinephiles have seen. But I'd say the majority of people, it's probably one, especially younger people that know the lines from it know some facts about it but may have never actually seen the movie yeah and i'm actually quite surprised because you know you're i know you as quite a cinephile and you you've never seen this uh like you mentioned we we saw this together uh through kind of we watched it together um and we were on house party the the thing that excited me most watching this uh, with you was right as we pushed play, you went, oh, so what is this movie about? And I just thought, oh man, you're in for like quite a treat because it does have a really, like you said, simplistic plot. But once again, I think we watched a movie that mainly focused on the character uh, and the character's development. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think besides just noticing that, I think you also notice um, the direction of it. Um, 
I think I talk about this a lot, but the score is something, especially on the second watch, that really it it made me it made me nostalgic for a time and place one that I've never been to before, <laughs> right? But but two that also seems rather awful. Um, New York City in the seventies. You know, I knew I do know a, a little bit about the time that I believe it did. You know, there was like kind of a very high crime rate around that time and area. Um, and there's been several movies that kind of have dealt with that too, uh, like Death Wish, things like that. And so it was just funny to me that uh, with the score, the score is, it's, it's kind of romantic. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's romanticizing the city and <laughs> made me feel like I was missing it, even though, like I said, yeah. I never experienced it. I mean, I, I noticed the score too. Um, I, I, as I mentioned previously in, uh, I, I think it was our master episode, I mentioned that I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff, um, mu- music-wise, but I, I'm trying, I'm starting to, and the score is definitely something I noticed, because not only does it romanticize the, the city, but I felt like it romanticized him, like his actions, and his actions weren't that great. Um, like the the motive behind them initially, and we'll we'll get more into that. But it it was almost like hyping you up with the music, being like, okay, yeah, he's gonna do this, and it's gonna be awesome. When in reality, it's like, uh, no, I I actually hope that doesn't happen. Well, and and I actually so obviously going into this movie, I have an idea of what he turns out to be and uh de niro and you know that he kind of goes somewhat crazy and i was wondering if this is a movie i hadn't seen if i had seen in 1976 going into it i honestly think it kind of plays to where he he, he's somewhat normal in the beginning you know, mm-hmm. he talks about how he can't sleep and that he wants, you know, he wants to make the extra money. Um, and then he he meets this woman who, you know, she says she's a little scared of him in the beginning, beginning because he's kind of just watching her from his, his taxi cab. But then when he meets her, she's very intrigued by him and she agrees to even go on a second date. Um, it seems very interested in him, and, you know, until he messes it up. So, so it was kind of interesting to me that you could almost tell that had I had no information about this movie whatsoever, I would have gone into it thinking, oh, I guess he is a, a pretty normal guy. And I think that was kind of the point a little bit. But at the same time, he's also, he's a really weird character. Just he's very, he's not able to communicate well with people in a normal way, in what I would consider a normal way. Well, what's strange is when he first walks into the uh, political headquarters, he's kind of charming. Uh, you know, he goes in, he's like, oh, I want to volunteer. But we find out it's kind of an elaborate pickup line uh, to get her on a date with him. And he nails it. You know, he, he succeeds in, in getting her out um, to get coffee. And, and so pie he, with, with cheese on it. Right, which, ew, but each to their own. I guess, yeah, it sounds gross. 
um, yeah, and he, so he, you see that he can pull off normal. He can be charming, but then different social cues where you know she thinks they're going to a normal movie, and it turns out to be like one of those like peep show triple X movies, and she gets disgusted by it. And for like a, you can see on his face for a while, um, he doesn't see what he did wrong. There was no problem with what he did. So he's definitely missing important social cues. And I think that her leaving him and not returning any of his calls is kind of like the break point for him where he's like, okay, now, you know, I, I'm a taxi driver. I don't really have, you know, a connection with my family. I don't have a girlfriend. So I'm, I have to find a point in my life. I have to find a purpose, which I think can, be quite understandable if you have nothing going for you you kind of strive to to find a, a greater purpose yeah and, and going back to kind of his you know he takes her to the to the to the porn movie and doesn't understand what's wrong with that and afterwards calls her and he's like well were you were you sick because you know i mean that would probably explain what why you why you left and it's like he just kind of doesn't get it and you, you sort of get a little bit of that too the first time he hangs out with the other cab drivers at the diner and he just he doesn't seem to be able to to talk to people um, and he just like stares at people like kind of creepily um you know i i don't actually agree with you why he like when he called her and was like hey are you sick i i think he knew at that point this is my opinion i think he knew at the point at that point, what he did wrong. I think he just wanted to put an excuse up for her to either say, yeah, I was sick, let's do it again. And she didn't take the bait. That's, that's kind of was my understanding of it. Right. Right. I don't know. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, I can definitely see that. I just, um, yeah, I think it's just the, the whole point of that is to kind of, I don't know, to just show him as, I guess, kind of not normal. Um, just a little kind of outside of society. Yeah. Um, I think especially with, with this, the plot line of... Um, the, the, sorry, let me just back up a little bit and let's um, say spoiler warning from here on. Um, Sounds good. So the girl that he goes out with, um, her name is Betsy. And Betsy is like one of the head volunteers of this uh, political nominee for president. Um, and so he goes to kind of befriend this. Uh, when he's driving one night, the, the presidential nominee ends up in the back of his cab, coincidentally. And he supports him you you know he doesn't really know anything about politics but he he supports him because the girl that he has a crush on supports him but then after that is called off the the, the date you see this turn where he's like okay now i'm out to like get this guy yeah and I, what i really liked um and i think it was kind of scorsese showing off a little bit in this instance is um, when he's talking about uh, Palantine, who's the presidential nominee, 
he makes a reference to, you know, he says all the king's men couldn't put him back together again, um, which obviously, you know, is Humpty Dumpty, but there's also the movie All the King's Men, which I think is a version in the 40s that won Best Picture. And then obviously I think there was like a, a remake that was mm-hmm. panned in the late or middle of 2000. But the, I guess I could say spoiler warning to all the King's Men from the 1940s, <laughs> but um, the, uh, the, the, that movie ends with a politician being killed. And so while there's a lot of clues to what's happening, if you know that movie, if you're into movies as much as um, Scorsese is, he's just telling you right then and there with that reference, this is what's happening from here on out. I'm going to try and kill this guy. That's my mission. And if you don't get yeah, I was going to say, and if you, if you don't get that reference, you can still get all these context clues of what's happening, but you're also just a little less sure. Uh, well, you know, what, what is it? Maybe he's just scoping her out. He's mm-hmm. going to all these rallies, but maybe he's just there to see her because he's still infatuated with her. Well, the first time I'm watching this, um, I thought he was there because he starts working out. He starts um, trying to, you know, as he said, train his body to be optimal uh, fitness. So he starts working out, he starts getting back in shape, and then he buys all these guns and he's fixing all these like holsters to his body and with the knife on his boot and everything like that. And like you said, he shows up to the rally. And at first I was like, well, is he there to like assassinate her, like to kill her? Right. And it's strange because I haven't seen it in years uh, up until where we rewatched it again. And I had a very different memory of the movie in my head. So like Jodie Foster is in this movie. She plays a 12 and a half year old prostitute and he kind of befriends her in a way and then saves her in the end. But in my head, um, they're kind of friending each other from like the very start of the movie. And, and it did not go that way at all. <laughs> it's like a very last second plot point, uh, major plot point, but it's, it seems like it's very much towards the middle end. And then that whole, the whole um, assassinating the, the presidential candidate, um, in my head, I thought he successfully went through with it and, <laughs> and he died. And then rewatching it and he didn't die and, and he didn't meet Jodie Foster or he didn't really get to like talk to Jodie Foster until like, you know, an hour and 15 minutes or something like that in, into the movie. I was yeah, like, right. man, I remember this completely wrong. Well, obviously I don't remember anything, but I, um, I was reading a little bit and there were people that, um, thought the movie ended that you know a lot of people might have remembered it that De Niro died in the end too and yep. re watching it this second time earlier today um, it would seem like almost a perfect ending too the uh, he, he goes in shoots a a pimp and, a, and an upper level pimp and this runner uh, this guy that runs the uh, the hotel where the prostitutes work the brothel I don't know if you would call it a brothel. 
I think brothels are legal, right? Uh, 1974, maybe not. We'll look, we'll look that up later. So, and then he, he kills these guys and then he turns the gun on himself um, and it's empty, so he can't kill himself. And then he just sits there and the cops come in and then there's this beautiful overhead shot that pans out of the apartment building, you know, from De Niro over the cops outside. There's 50 onlookers and a bunch of cops and this kind of the beautiful score, you know, setting in. And it's like, oh, wow, that, that would be a great ending. And then there's this scene after that mm -hmm. um, where De Niro... in, in that in that way, it kind of reminded me of Mystic River where you have this kind of perfect ending and then you have 10 extra minutes of the movie at the end. Right. And the ending of the, the, the 10 extra minutes or whatever in this movie, um, I don't know if you saw it this way. I was kind of upon second viewing wondering, you know, there's a lot of things in this movie that don't make sense. Um, the fact that Betsy would go out with, De Niro in the first place, someone that's kind of been stalking her. But then this scene at the end where he's painted as a hero, I can see that. You know, there's a 12-year-old prostitute and this guy came in and killed a bunch of guys with guns that were her pimps. Um, but then after that, Betsy presumably wanting to kind of get together with him. You know, she mm -hmm. purposely gets in the back of his cab and makes him drive her somewhere. And she, you know, seemingly wants to have a conversation with him, but he's decided, no, I don't want anything to do with you. I mean, that almost kind of all seemed sort of dreamlike in a way that it could possibly just be the fantasy of a dying man. I just wanted to know if you thought of that as a possibility or if you more took it as a, the real story of he survived and was painted as a hero and Betsy wanted to get back together with him. I never, I never thought of it as like a false ending, like everything's in his head um, or th that's, that's in his head. It, it's kind of like um, when you say, you know, their relationship um, was in his head reminds me of Joker. And which that I think not to interrupt, but that greatly affected my viewing of this movie. Haven't seen Joker first. Yeah, because you, you get all the homages that Joker pays to Taxi Driver. And it's, it's actually the similarities are quite uncanny. Um, Robert De Niro also being in both and playing pretty much the opposite side of, of uh, the coin on that one. But where it is, um, <laughs> spoiler alert for Joker, <laughs> uh where it is all in his head their their relationship um in the joker i i did not i did not feel that for this movie for taxi driver i think it it all happened i'm actually quite proud of you because i feel like you've been taking the um the stuff i've been saying about your gullibility towards the film has made you kind of like think about like oh maybe maybe this actually didn't happen or something like that but there was nothing, I don't know, there was nothing else that alluded to it being in his head. Yeah, he, he's a liar, but everything on screen 
there, there was no reason to think that that part was in his head. Nothing alluded to to that. The uh, the only reason made the, up. the only thing I could see that maybe led could lead someone to believe that is when he's looking in the rearview mirror at Betsy in the back of his cab. Um, she does to me look a little bit dreamlike, dream like the way she's kind of lit and viewed. Um, it also, to me, just makes sense from kind of a storytelling standpoint. Um, you have this guy that is extremely unlikable throughout the movie um, and doesn't really, I think you could argue, doesn't really deserve a redemptive arc. Um, right. He's going to kill, he's going to assassinate uh, a presidential candidate uh, because a woman turned him down. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then because he has also befriended this prostitute, he then murders three people um, in cold blood and becomes a hero for it. So the, the ending is sort of i i still i still liked it um but i think it would be hard to swallow for some especially if it had come out you know we a lot of times we talk about how would this movie be perceived today i mean the blowback that joker got i yeah. think would be nothing compared to if this exact <laughs> movie was released in 2018 2019 yeah um i, I mean not I not even to talk about what uh, you might about, about to bring up, you know, if a 12-year-old Jodie Foster was in this movie, like super uncomfortable. Right, yeah. And, you know, she plays a 12-year-old prostitute. And I believe at the time she was actually 12 years old. And so it, it, it's a very uncomfortable um, move on the casting uh, direction of this film. But it, it works. It, it, I think it does appropriately set up the motive for him um, basically dying for her. Uh, he doesn't, but he, he very, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Everything that like happens in that scene where he goes and, and saves her, um, he gets shot in the neck. He gets shot in the arm. Um, probably like a few other places. And from, from those wounds alone, I would be like, dude, how are you alive? You know? Um, right. I, I see how, how it could be like a dreamlike, but I never took it that way. I kind of like it where he does have this redemption. And he kind of, you know, seems to normalize that's not really a word he seems to normalize out um maybe at, i mean because the end because in the end and i think that's the point of it um maybe to show a little bit of growth um he he doesn't take the bait with betsy he um he has the chance to presumably get back together with her and he drives off he just he doesn't want to have anything to do with it um and and also about Jodie Foster too like one thing there is obviously the I think there was a controversy back then probably with her being in it um there would definitely have been one now but she did do 
amazing in the movie. Um, you know, you could tell from that age she was a, a great actress. So, which is something I think a lot of people take away from that. Yeah, I think the scene that she really shines in is when they're both at the diner having breakfast. I thought she just was like, so she just, she, she, in the movie, she's quite mature for her age, but I think her acting made that come across that while she is mature for her age, she still has that really childlike you know, behavior. And I, and I thought that was just beautifully uh, represented in that scene. I mean, and it's a great movie. The, and the other thing too is, and I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the way it was, uh, the format of it, the structure of it. So he, the movie is for the most part, a first person movie from De Niro's point of view. And there's only, from what I remember, two scenes that he's not in. Um, and I actually really liked the first scene he's not in with um, Tom and Betsy, where they're talking about, can you light a match with only you know two fingers on one hand? And then they go into the story about, <laughs> Tom starts talking about how the Italian mafia uh, would put canaries on people. And, she, and then he, and she's like, well, why not pigeons? And he's like, huh, it's a good question. Oh wait, you'd have to catch a pigeon. You can just buy a canary. That's why. <laughs> I, right, right. I just, I think Scorsese did. I really like that scene. Has no business really being in there, but I, I love that scene. It's like very interesting, very funny. And I, I think the one thing that makes this movie so great to me is just his little touches to it. Um, the way he directed it. I think his uh his scene where he actually acted in it was, was funny. It's, I think it's something I knew I had kind of known about. And then when he popped up, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And his, his scene where he just keeps repeating himself, trying to get De Niro's attention to, to answer him and De Niro won't answer him. And he, you know, says some inflammatory things and says he's going to kill his wife. And De Niro's just looking at him like I'm crazy, which De Niro's kind of crazy. So looking at another guy that's crazy <laughs> was just what? that whole, that yeah. whole scene was very funny too. Yeah, so that was Scorsese, huh? I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, um, That's cool. It's interesting he wanted to cast himself in it. But yeah, I, I just really wanted to point out, like, this movie is great, not only because, you know, there's a couple great performances from De Niro and, and Sybil Shepard as Betsy um, and obviously Jodie Foster, but I think this movie in another director's hands um, would not have been anywhere near as great as, as what Scorsese did. No, I, I agree. And also I would, I would even say that this movie in another lead actor's hands would not have been as great um, if it was anyone else other than Robert De Niro. Well, yeah. Modern day, who would you, who would you cast if they did this movie modern day? Uh, it, it would probably be actually, I mean, they did, like, they, they did a year ago, so I guess we could say Joaquin. Well, you know what's so funny about Joaquin Phoenix is I saw a clip the other day uh, with him in Signs, and I completely forgot that was him in Signs, and he looks so young. But in, in Joker, you know, Joaquin is like 40-something years old, and in Joker, he plays a 20-something-year-old. And I just was like, you know, I, Robert De Niro... And, and Taxi Driver plays a, a 20, what, 26, 27-year-old? He's and 26. 
Yeah, and um, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I'm 27. I don't feel like I look as old as Robert De Niro back in Taxi Driver, or as you know, as old as Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. But I think I kind of going along that I not really thinking about age, but thinking about acting um, techniques, probably like a Tom Hardy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I think Tom Hardy can do most things, so. <laughs> a Tom Hardy or, you know, even like a Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. Ryan I, Gosling in Drive kind of also reminded me of this character, too. A lot of long stares, limited dialogue. Yeah. I, um, overall, though, you can't you can't make this movie again. There would have to be so many drastic changes to the plot. Um, the yeah. Jodie, and they, the, well, jo- the Jodie Foster storyline would have to be, she'd have to be 17. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like she'd have to be 17 and played by a 25 year old. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, you say we, you can't really make this movie again. I mean, they kind of did with the Joker, honestly, you know, and, and I'm just sorry. Like we, I know what yeah. you mean. I know what you mean. But I, I just, I just feel like with this movie being such a, a, a staple, being a cornerstone in, in Hollywood um, filmography, it, it, a lot of films um, after Taxi Driver, I feel, kind of paid homage to, to Taxi Driver. It's, it's set. I would even say it's set kind of like a, a subgenre of its own. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, this is like the second or third time I've seen it. I, I love it probably more and more every time I, I have seen it and I, I will see it again. I, I'll probably see it, I don't know, once every couple of years because it's just such a, a like you said, a, a nostalgic film, a, a, a artsy moody film that definitely puts you you know not in a good mood but in a mood for sure um what about you 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 liked it you would i I take it you like it but you would see it again yeah i i think i definitely appreciated it more um on the on the second watch you just i got so much more out of it and so i definitely definitely will see this uh again you know, at least one more time, but probably a few, probably over the years, uh, go back to it multiple times for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's that good. Well, this has been, I finally watched Taxi Driver. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.